This is Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. Cross Hope is broadcast daily and shares five minutes of hope and encouragement from the Word of God. Our companion website is www.crosshope.org. Now with today's uplifting message, here's Randy. It's the typical, what I call, farm illustration about a young man who works on a farm. He's going down a country road in one of those farm wagons pulled by a horse full of corn. He rounds a corner at a certain point in time and maybe going a little too fast with the wagon, and the wagon overturns on the side of the road and totally dumping the load of corn and the wagons literally upside down with the wheels in the air. A local farmer saw the accident happen, came up to the young man, are you okay? I'm fine. And he said, why don't you come to our house and have something to eat, and then we'll come back later and I'll I'll bring some of my hands. We'll help you pick up the corn. And the young man said, no, my dad won't appreciate that. He'll want me to get this right now. And he said, no, your dad can wait and just come along with us. And so he went and had dinner, and lovely dinner with the family luncheon. And the farmer said to the young man, I, I hope your dad will understand why you're late. And he said, "Where, by the way, where is your dad? He's underneath the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, some of you didn't hear that before. But here's the comment that I, I told that story just to make the comment. Somebody said, that's a funny story to everybody except the guy under the wagon. That's a funny story to everyone except the guy that's underneath the wagon. I got the message of that comment. We're going to talk about procrastination today, putting things off that we need to do by taking a passage out of Joshua, where it's one of few passages in the Bible that I know of that talk about people putting something off that they need to have done earlier. Think for a moment, what is it that you're putting off right now in your life? We'll talk about it. There's spiritual dimensions to procrastination. There's relationship issues tied to procrastination. Financial issues tied to procrastination. We'll talk about all of those indirectly or directly. By looking at Joshua 18, The land has been taken, Canaan has been taken, it's been conquered. But seven of the tribes, I think it is, had not taken the property that that was given them. They had not claimed the land that was given to them. And Joshua asked a natural question, what's going on? Why haven't you done what you need to do in taking possession of the land? Let's just read it. It's the first three verses, Joshua 18. It goes like this. The whole assembly of the Israelites gathered at Shiloh and set up the tent of meeting there. That's the tabernacle. The country was brought under their control, but there were still seven Israelite tribes who had not yet received their inheritance. Here's the question, verse 3. So Joshua said to the Israelites, How long? How long will you wait before you begin to take possession of the land that the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you. How long are you going to wait? Is it possible that today the Lord is saying into your spirit, how long are you going to wait with this issue that I brought to your mind? 
something that I prompted you to do, something I prompted you to say, someone I prompted you to forgive, but you're not doing it. How long are you going to wait? I'm going to say something at the end of this message, honestly and truly. I don't think you've ever heard. I never heard anybody say it until recently. It's going to be something new about procrastination, a new thought that you've never thought about why we procrastinate. And our website is crossope.org. USA Today, uh, some time ago, said the top five things that people put off until the last minute. It was obviously written at Christmas season. It said, number one, household chores or yard work. That's number one. Holiday gift shopping, number two. Number three, making a doctor or dentist appointment. Number four, calling a relative. Number five, changing the oil in their cars. Well, most of that is interesting, and some are more serious than others. But my question to you is, what have you put off that may have nothing to do with changing the oil in your car? An author in the 90s, who was a family writer, asked his grown daughter what she thought were the biggest problems fathers have with kids. This was the answer his daughter, grown daughter, gave him. Dads have too many tomorrows. You know, Dad, I'll play with you tomorrow. I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'll help you with your homework tomorrow. I'll do something with you, for you, or together tomorrow. And I think every father could be convicted of that to one degree or another because she was right. And someone commenting on her comments said, Dad, be there now for your children Building quality and quantity benchmarks of trust. Don't wait until tomorrow, or you'll end up wasting too many todays. Wow, you'll end up wasting too many todays. I want to talk about procrastination in your life in a new way. I really am. It's not just, you know, get your act together and start your housework and start buying your Christmas presents and not talking about stuff like that. I'm talking about stuff so much more important in your life and in my life. I love to tell the story that uh, is probably the most powerful story for me about baptism. Sometimes people put off baptism, and not necessarily because they have some intellectual reason or a biblical reason. They just, I'll just do it later. Some of you have heard me tell this, but in Texas, a man watched a baptism one Sunday and came out and he said, can I talk to you about that? I've never seen what you did today, that baptism thing. Came back to the office. And he said, what are you doing when you put that that person under the water? I explained to him it was a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And the person is reenacting the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ through that act. It's a very dramatic statement. He said, well, it was powerful. I didn't understand it. And then he literally took his fist like this on my desk and said, I will never do that. And I said nothing to provoke that. I didn't argue with him about it, but I will never do that. And I surprised him by saying, okay, that's fine, but would you read some Scripture that I give you to read? Would you, would you just read some Scripture? That's all I'm going to ask you. Okay, I'll take it. So I wrote down different passages of Scripture on a piece of paper, handed it to him, and about four or five weeks later, some of you have heard this, I had a, a window in the office so I could see people walking up to the office. And I saw him coming, and he said, when can we schedule this baptism thing? 
And I've never in all my life had anyone speak to me as they were coming up out of the water until then. When I lowered the man in the water, said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as I brought him up out of the water, he literally opened his mouth and said, I should have done this sooner. I should have done this sooner. The guy who said, I will never do it, pounded his fist on my desk, is the man who said, I should have done this sooner. All I'm asking you is, what do you need to do that you should have done sooner in any area, particularly the spiritual? What do you need to do that spiritually? Well, procrastination has been called the universal problem, meaning it's in most families and even most individuals. Maybe you struggle with procrastination at work or at school, whatever the case may be, with your family, with relationships. Joshua 18 is a passage talking about the Israelites putting off, taking possession of the land that God had given them. God bless you as you listen to part three. Some of you know who Dennis Waitley was or is. I know he's at least in his 80s if he's still alive. He was a writer. He wrote books that were published by Thomas Nelson, a Christian publisher. He said, when you stop to think about it, there is no such thing as a future decision. You face only present decisions that will affect what will happen in the future. Procrastinators wait for just the right moment to decide. If you wait for the perfect moment, you become a security seeker who is running in place, going through the motions, and getting deeper into a rut. And he quotes an unknown poet. I've never heard this poem before. I spent a fortune on a trampoline, a stationary bike, and a rowing machine, complete with gadgets to read my pulse and gadgets to prove my progress results and others to show the miles I have charted and made. But they left off the gadget to get me started. But they left off the gadget to get me started. Boy, does that speak to anyone today? We've got a lot of things to help us in life, but we just haven't gotten started doing it. I want to talk about some legitimate reasons. There are people that procrastinate out of fear of failure. If I do this, I may fail. Some people procrastinate out of fear of success. If I do that, I might succeed. And you say, that's kind of strange. Yeah, that is kind of strange. But people do that sometimes They're out of fear of success. People procrastinate out of laziness. That's probably the most common. Alan Snap is from Corning, New York. He said, procrastination is defined as putting off doing something, especially out of habitual carelessness or laziness, to postpone or delay needlessly. There's actually a national association of procrastinators. I didn't know that. Their motto is, never put off till tomorrow what you can forget forever. <laughs> now, some of you didn't hear that. I want to read that again. Their motto is, never put off till tomorrow what you can forget forever. Somewhere on the site, he said, I found a very helpful procrastinator's flowchart. There's a lot of flow in this chart, but ultimately any work that isn't due in the next hour has you enter the procrastinator's loop, a nearly endless loop that leads you to do things to procrastinate, like get something to eat, check your email, instant message people, and other things to put off work until it's an hour away from being due. 
Finally, when the work needs to be done in an hour, then you just have to do it. We can joke about procrastination like the boy with the wagon full of corn and funny that dad's underneath the corn and underneath the wagon, but it wasn't funny to him. Who has been hurt by your procrastination? That's my question. Who's waiting for the request for forgiveness? Who's waiting for an understanding that's been lacking in a relationship to come together? What I'm getting at is your procrastination is not just about you. It's about other people. Your procrastination is not just about you. It's about the Lord God Almighty. The procrastination in your life and in my life is about other situations and other people. We continue this message tomorrow on CrossHope. That's CrossHope.org. Chris Hazel has written one of the most powerful articles on procrastination I've ever read because it's a real scene I have seen. I have seen this in person, and when I read it, you say, I've seen it too. Some of you have. Maybe there's some young people who haven't seen this. But here's what he describes. An old man rests in bed, coughing, coughing sometimes paroxysmally, in other words, just a gagging cough. His children and grandchildren are huddled around him. In the midst of the group is another person there, a minister or a priest. The priest or minister urges the man to make amends with God, to repent for his sins, to receive communion, to make peace with his maker. And after a life lived according to his own will, a life that kept God tangentially in the background, if present at all, the old man realizes he won't ever get up again from this bed. Isn't that an interesting statement? The old man realizes, I'll never get up from this bed again. So, just as he intended in his youth, he opens himself up to God's love and asks for pardon for his past life of sinfulness and waits peacefully to be ushered into God's kingdom. Chris Hazael said, this is commonly referred to as a deathbed conversion, a situation where someone has put God off his entire life only to convert right before the lights turn off. The signing of the last-minute eternal life insurance policy. That's not to say there's not joy in heaven over anyone who turns his or her life over to God, even at the last hour, allowing God's mercy to sweep him or her into eternity. But like with the good thief on the cross, we can and must rejoice in this soul's turning to God later in life. However, God doesn't prefer that we live a life of sin and separation from Him, harboring only that vague intent of reconciling our souls with Him at the very last minute when it's convenient. Now that's an interesting statement. So many people, he says, almost flaunt it to the Lord. God, keep your eyes open. I may come to you one of these days. Don't lose hope. There's that moment in time that I'm going to come to you and I'm going to ask for your forgiveness and I'm going to seek you in my life. So keep your chin up. I may come around like it's all about me coming to him. Are we telling God we don't love him now, but we might love him eventually in some undefined day in the future? 
Are we depriving ourselves of a life of grace and mercy, one that offers joy and peace even through suffering and difficulty? We can think that we reconcile ourselves to God when we will. It's up to us. We've got the time we do it. And then he quotes Augustine, known as St. Augustine in the Catholic Church, who said this. This is funny, for written in a, back in the day. Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. Make me pure, but not yet. Make me wholesome, but not yet. I'm still going to live my life the way I want to live it. But someday, keep your hopes up. I may come to you. Lord, make me chaste, but not yet. We do that with a lot of things in our lives. Well, the conclusion of this program, this message is tomorrow on Cross Hope. And I'm going to say something about procrastination I don't believe I've ever said in my life. That's tomorrow on Cross Hope. I never thought in a million years that I would use a rap singer as a sermon illustration. I'm not into rap. His name is Trip Lee. Isn't that an interesting name? T-R-I-P, Lee, Trip Lee, who's a, a rap singer, who wrote a book, I think, with the title Rise. He said one of the most profound things about procrastination that I've ever heard. In fact, it's the one thing I'm going to share today that I know you haven't heard about procrastination. I know you haven't heard it because he speaks to the gut issue. I'm always interested when something happens, what's the spiritual reason? Have you ever had something happen in your life and you say, well, it's because of A, B, and C, or 1, 2, 3, and 4? But there's a spiritual reason. What's happened in your life, parenthetically here, that you can give me five reasons why it happened, but in your spirit, you know the real reason, the spiritual reason. A lot of people have issues with other people, and they'll tell you 10 things that person did to me. But they don't tell you the real spiritual reason. It's called pride. Right, and that's what Tripoli says is the greatest cause of procrastination. I've never heard anybody say that. It's pride. Here's what he says. To put it simply, procrastination is pride because it assumes you know the future. But we don't know when our health will decline or when our lives will end. We don't even know when our life will get busier. Knowing that our time is short helps to bring clarity to our daily priorities and makes us diligent in those priorities. I want to bring up on the screen right now, James 4, 13 through 17. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. Listen to that again. You boast in your arrogant, prideful schemes. All such boasting is evil. In verse 17, if anyone then 
knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Don't raise your hand, but everybody in this room is sinning in some area of your life because of verse 17. You are and so am I. What do you know to do that's good and righteous that you won't do it? Because of pride. You won't ask for this because of pride. You won't bend the knee because of pride. We don't even seek God's forgiveness out of pride. We're too prideful and arrogant. You know what? I almost didn't have this scripture put up, but then I thought people need to see it. I want to read it again. Verse 17, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. Is pride the cause of procrastination in your life? I'm not saying that every act of procrastination in your life and mine is based on pride. I'm not saying it. But what I am saying is some of them are. And the holy moment comes in a man's life or a woman's life where they say, I humble myself before the Lord and I acknowledge my pride. And our website is crossope.org. You've been listening to Cross Hope with Randy Snyder. For more information about this ministry or to re-listen to any message heard on this broadcast, go to our website at crosshope.org. Be sure to join us at this same time each weekday or listen at www.crosshope.org. Cross Hope is listener-supported and is produced by Cross Hope Ministries, Incorporated.